This is Fresh Tracks Weekly. It is a different episode this week. I don't have any new segments because I couldn't find a lot of stuff I was interested in and I just have a lack of time. We gotta go to Michael in the fishing corner because he's got an update for us for this week. All right, it's episode 32, I believe. Fishing Corner, welcome back. We're here, it's beautiful. I think it's like six below outside today. So haven't been fishing the past couple days, but Jace and I, what? on Monday, had an epic day fishing. We took the pack rafts out and did a little float on a local river here, and it was epic. We saw all sorts of birds of prey, very cool, amazing float. I don't think anybody's done it in a long time because we didn't see any boot tracks. The fishing was excellent. And, uh, yeah, that's really what's been going on. Uh, I went fishing this weekend, this past weekend, and we crushed it, of course. Winter nymphing. Guys, I'm going to say it one more time. Get those flies deep, use a midge, and you'll be set. Worms and midges. It's where it's at. But, like I said, it's six below, so I'm not so sure what we're going to be doing this weekend for fishing. But... For all things fishing, it's Mike P. I'm signing off. Back to you, Marcus. Thank you for your time today. For the podcast portion this week, we have Randy here to tell us a story about what happened to him at the sports show in Portland this weekend. Uh, wild story. So here we go. Randy, what's wrong with your arm? I know. You guys... Uh... You said we want to do a Fresh Tracks Weekly about all these staples in my arm, so I guess that's what we're going to uh. do. Jace told me I had to show it off. <laughs> I, w- I had it covered up. but And Paul asked me if the yellow was iodine. Uh, no, it was all purple and black a couple of days ago. I'm but glad you wore a shirt that you could roll the sleeve up today. <laughs> yeah. So we well, didn't have to pull your... Earlier today, he was taking his sweatshirt off, and I had to, I had to dang near take the whole thing off for him. He was... <laughs> You struggling. You're, you're making us worried, Randy. You're making. I know. Us well, you want the short version or the long version? We because want the 20 minute we got version. 20 minutes. <laughs> All right. So, contrary as Mark say, Twain would say, con- the uh, rumors of my de- demise have been greatly overstated. Uh, so, those who have been texting and messaging saying, "What's the deal with the sling?" We heard this or that. Uh, the real quick version is don't eat pizza in Portland <laughs> and get food poisoning that causes you to vomit violently, that causes you to pass out and smash out the glass shower door. <sighs> the longer version is <laughs> uh, I was in Portland for a fundraiser for the Oregon Hunters Association, which if you're watching this, if you live in Oregon, you should be a member of the Oregon Hunters Association. They're one of those great little grassroots groups that needs more publicity, more promo, and more funding. And so when Leupold said, we're doing this, can you come out? I said, well, yeah, I, I, I come out for that show anyhow. So that was my purpose for being in Portland. Yeah. Uh, and so I flew out on Wednesday, Thursday, go to the show, do a seminar, Q&A session. After the show, Matthew, who lives in Beaverton, is like, I'll go drop you off at your hotel and then I'll drive home. I'm like, well, I haven't eaten today. I'm about ready to faint. <laughs> he said, well, there's a couple pizza joints on the way to your hotel. So I call this pizza joint. I'm like, yeah, we'll have it ready when you get here. So I go in and order, you know, pretty generic uh, compared to what's on the menu in Portland, like. <laughs> 
kale and i mean they got all kinds of funky <laughs> stuff i'm like no i'm like a pepperoni guy so <clears throat> matthew takes me to my room he heads home and when you're really hungry you know how when you eat that first piece you really don't even taste it it's just like you know, stop and taste a bite randy well it's in my stomach and i'm like hmm something living in my stomach or not feeling that well how well that i'm hungry so i wolf down a couple more pieces and i'm like well i'll use the rest for breakfast this is now about nine o'clock and within 15 minutes i am getting sweats and chills and my stomach is like expanding and contracting it's it's uh I, and so <laughs> I, I look at my phone uh, now in the post-mortem if you want to call it that and i text matthew at about 11 o'clock i'm like hey this pizza might be the end of me i had no idea how prophetic that, <laughs> that might be so uh, we're not laughing at you right <laughs> now <okay>. so uh, <laughs> I'm laying there. I put my flannel Sitka shirt on, you know, that green one I always wear? Well, yeah. They cut it off me in the ER. So you don't, <laughs> no one will ever see that in another video. But uh, I put that on. I wrap up in all the blankets, and I'm just sweating so bad. And I'm thinking, this, this can't be right. I got like the Tasmanian devil trying to get out of my stomach. And I've only vomited three times in my adult life because I'm so bad at it and it hurts so bad. <laughs> you guys are probably like, oh, no, I vomit, you know, twice a day or something. <laughs> Not uh, quite. <laughs> I, I, I'm the worst. So I can tell this is going to happen. So I get up and I go into the bathroom in the hotel room and I'm, I'm, I'm facing straight ahead at the toilet, showers to the right, and it's like, oh, here it comes. And so this is the most violent episode of vomiting I've ever been a part of myself or that I've ever seen anyone else be a part of. And it is bad. And uh, I get all done, and I'm like, oh, man, is that good to be rid of that. And I did not know this until now multiple doctors have told me that vomiting like that can be a very strenuous exercise on your body i already have low blood pressure i already have a low pulse and all of a sudden i'm getting faint so i grab this towel rack this is the last thing i remember grab this towel rack above the toilet and the next thing i remember i wake up and over here to my right in the shower and the shower door is underneath me all smashed up and then they have these glass panels as the other part of the you know Rather than a shower curtain, right? It's all glass. One opens of the door. The other's just a glass panel. And that one is smashed, and it came down on top of me. Oh, geez. And I'm laying there. They, they have these little metal uh, stems that yeah, in the floor that hold these tall glass panels. And I remember laying there with that, my arm kind of on that, and the shower door underneath me over here. And the funny things that first come to your mind after you've been knocked out or passed out, uh, 
And no, I, I can't drink. I don't drink. I don't use recreational drugs. So. I was going to say, a lot of the haters are going to be like, oh, that man was just drunk off his ass and <laughs> falling through the shower door. But yeah, you if, can't if even have a drop of alcohol. Away, so I know. That's yeah. what people yeah. don't know. Right. <laughs> so I have this bum liver, so I haven't drank for a long time. But anyhow, <laughs> when you first come to, you re- your mind isn't all there. And I remember laying on my side. I'm not aware of of really what's going on. And I look and the thought that goes through my head is shit. I just puked on the side of their toilet. And so (laughs) I get up on my hands and knees and I'm going to crawl over to get some toilet paper to wipe the puke off the side of the toilet. And as I try to do that, my right arm gives out on me and I get up and it gives out on me. So I can't crawl. And then I look down, and my shirt has this great big tear across it. And there, my hand is all full of blood. And there's blood just not like arterial blood that sprays, but it's just like pulsing out. And that's when I started coming to. And I'm like, hmm, that's not good. What the hell happened here? And I look, and both the glass panel and the, the door are gone. Uh and at this time, I'm not aware of this cut that they stapled up in my head. I just am focused on my arm. Uh, so I get up. I'm like, well, I got to get some pants on. I got to get an Uber and get to an urgent care. So you guys know how unhandy I am with my new iPhone anyhow, right? I'm trying to do this. I'm holding it with this hand, and the blood is running on the screen, and I, I can't get it to work. Now I'm getting pissed damn it uh so are you by yourself i'm by myself so kim wasn't there. kim was down in eugene where her mom and sister live matthew's at his house in beaverton so i'm there by myself and uh so now i get a pair of shoes on i don't i can't get socks on or anything i can't zip my pants i got the belt done but i'm like all right i better get down the stairs get get an uber so i go out the door and then it dawned on me, I left my phone sitting on the vanity. Oh, geez. So now I'm mad because I pulled the key out and I put the put it on the, the lock, you know, the magnetic, whatever. And I can't run the door handle. So I just take this bloody arm and I lean my elbow into it and I get the door open. I get my phone. And when I come out, I remember looking at that door jam. It's like someone took a paint roller of blood. Oh, God. And the whole door is like that. I'm like, oh, hell with that. I'll clean it up when I get back from urgent care. What kind of hotel is this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, someone's going to walk by and see that. <laughs> yeah, so now it's about 1 in the morning. I go down, walk down the hallway. I got my hand up like this, wrapped in a what was a white towel that's now red. And uh, I come out of the elevator. And when you come out of the elevator the front desk is right there. And so there's this young, really nice lady working, doing her night work at the front desk. And I walk up there like this. And I did not realize I had this big mop of blood in my hair. You know how a head wound bleeds. And she looks up and (laughs) it had to be frightening for her. (laughs) I feel terrible. Whoever you were, ma'am, you were a wonderful help. But I, and she's like, you need some help. I'm like, yeah, I do. I handed her my phone. I'm like, can you call me an Uber? I need to get to an urgent care. 
And she looks up my phone, and it's just a big pile of blood. She's like, no, I'm calling 911. I'm like, no, I don't ride in ambulances. You can call 911, but I ain't getting in that ambulance. She's like, all right, I'll have my driver, my shuttle driver, take you to the ER. And so that's how I ended up at the ER. And uh, We're going to have to start making you carry your in-reach with uh, you at all times. <laughs> Either that or one uh, of those like life alert necklaces. There Jeez, you go. I've yeah. fallen and I can't get up. It's but on, on my way out of the room, <laughs> I had to walk past the bathroom. And I looked at how much blood was in there. I'm like, oh, this, this is not good. And by the time I got done screwing around trying to get all my other stuff organized, the vanity and my toothbrush and all my other stuff, it's just like blood everywhere. It's like, oh, if they come in here, they're going to think I butchered a hog in here or something. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the scheme of things, you're lucky you didn't cut something else, you oh, know, falling yeah. through all that glass. Yeah, I yeah. thought Kim was there with you, Dad. No. I mean, uh, so here's the funny part, right? I go to the ER, the old boy who drives the shuttle, he's helping me give him my ID and my credit card. They ask for it in this way, ID, credit card, insurance card. Mm. Credit card is more important than <laughs> yeah. the insurance part. But this is a unique feature of a Portland ER. I've been to the Bozeman ER too many times. Every sheet's full of homeless people who are there trying to warm up because it's 28 degrees at night. Oh, wow. And I'm like, well, I wonder, wonder if they got enough doctors for all these people. That's a, But anyhow, this old boy stays there, and he helps me through the whole process, and he wouldn't leave. I'm like, well, you got work to do. He's like, no, I. they told me I'm here and, until you're good. I, I got to stay here and take care of you. And such a nice guy. And I'm, I, I finally told him, no, yeah, get on your way. Uh, and then they get me back there. Uh, now I'm in a little while. Uh, you know, they slide the curtain around. You know, that's about as much privacy as you got. I luck out. Uh, the nurse, she recognizes me, even in my crazy state. Of, I, I don't know if she recognized my name or whatever. Uh, she's like, oh, I love watching your stuff. So we're talking about that. <laughs> she's like, at the time, that tempered glass went in here and came out here, but it had broke off kind of inside here, that picture I sent you that has that great big lump there. Yeah. They're like, oh, your arm is broke. That's why you can't move anything. So we go to get x-rays. Can you walk to the x-ray room? Oh, yeah, fine. Uh, come on, let's go. So we get in the x-ray room, sit there, and, you know, you sit up, and they have this thing. So you're sitting for that. And then she's like, well, the doctor said he wants a chest x-ray to make sure you don't have any glass shards in your chest. Because I'm like this big pile of blood at this time, you know. You you can't tell, yeah, what porcupine quill got you, or you know. It's, so she's like, stand up over here. So I stand up, and with the blood loss, low blood pressure, dehydrated from all the vomiting, down I go. Oh, jeez. And but her and someone else, I think, caught me. They wheel me in. I'm next thing I wake up. I'm in this back where they slide the curtain around and there's multiple nurses there and it just sounds like a lot of really high intensity chatter and i hear them talking about my blood pressure dropping and dropping and dropping and they're like well we got to do this we got to do this and these are the weird things that go through your mind that you for some reason you remember them i remember the last thought before i passed out again was shit 
I'm going to die in Portland, Oregon from a bad pizza. Oh, God. And the next thing I know, I wake up with a really bad headache from, you know, a lot of this stuff. And But then the doc, he, uh, he finally comes in uh, and he looks at it and he's like, well, it's not broke. And he's asking me, you know, I, I can't use these two fingers. I can't use my wrist. And like, well, you got a bunch of tissue damage in there. They're going to fix that. Well, you know, a hand surgeon will have to fix that. I just got to get all this glass out of here because a shower is like a Petri dish of germs. And so he's shooting me full of some sort of numbness, painkiller thing. Uh, and he's like, can you feel that? And I'm like, no, I can't feel that. He's like, good, because this is going to hurt. Oh and he gosh. takes his index finger all, you know, protected, obviously, with gloves and stuff. And he goes in where this exit wound is, and he starts pushing his finger out the entrance wound, and all these glass chips are falling oh, into this plastic tray. And it it's the most out-of-body experience I think I've ever had to see somebody's index finger through my forearm. Oh my and... Uh, He's like, no, I, I think I got it all. Now we're going to come and irrigate it. So a nurse comes in with this big, like, looks like a water pump. Puts a thing over there and just irrigates the bejeebers out of it to try what? to get any of the last pieces of what might be in there, you know, whether it's a piece of my shirt or Jeez. or whatever. <clears throat> and then when he comes in, he's like, well, I'd sell you up, but they're going to reopen all this. So, you know dozen or two sta uh, staples will do you up and so this whole time i was just scratching back behind my ear i didn't know what was going on and he looks at me he's like well you want us to fix your head i'm like what are you talking about oh yeah you're gonna need some staples in this one too so that's where underneath here i got that ribbon of staples there so Dang. And, then, and then i i got out of the er matthew uh, the the shuttle driver came and got me again <laughs> but in the interim i've been texting matthew and kim i had that that nurse took some pictures of mine that i sent you guys also they're sleeping they got their phones off and i'm texting them all these gory pictures and i'm then i'm thinking to myself well when they wake up they might think i'm i died I better, <laughs> I better call and leave some messages uh so i kept calling kim finally she heard i don't know she woke up or what she saw i'd call she's like what what's going on i'm like well when you look at those pictures don't freak out i'm gonna live what are you talking about so and then uh matthew woke up early that morning and he saw it all but uh i go back to the hotel room in the shuttle matthew he comes over and he gets me uh all kinds of stuff and you know the normal kind of like you guys all worried about me uh, I, I can't be trusted to my own devices. <laughs> uh, and I've got a podcast that morning at 10. Well, I didn't get back to the hotel till nine. So he called the people, Hey, he's not going to make the podcast and he's going to cancel my seminar at one o'clock. I'm like, no, you're not. That's what I came here for. <laughs> so I did a seminar with him or at one o'clock over medicated then the I think I think they would have understood if you if you didn't show up well, after know, no sleep. Well, I first saw a message from you. It was like two thirty in the morning, yeah. and then well, I woke up at like five thirty. I'm like, oh crap, what happened? And there was no explanation. 
So we were worried about well, you. It was, if you had seen the office that morning, we all showed really? up to work and we're like, what happened? If it would have been funny to see, like we we're just throwing all these different things out there. Like, <laughs> did he get attacked by a dog? Was he in a car accident? Like, we were just coming up yeah, with all these stabs or a bear at the exhibit. I mean, we had all sorts of conspiracy. Yeah, theories. we were trying to figure it out. Like, make. I thought I told you guys that I fell in my shower. No, no, no. It was like oh. a, a total mystery, and we we're like, "What You're like, happened?" This is how you end up in then, Vancouver, but that, Washington, or but whatever. I think, <laughs> I think I messaged you, and you you. You texted back, and you're like, yeah, I'm still waiting. And oh, I was. Like, I was. It was like four hours after you right. initially messaged us. <clears throat> right. And that is insane. So yeah. you couldn't even get in. I mean, bleeding but, from your head and your arm, you right. couldn't get into I, the I ER. I was not a high enough priority because. That is insane. So when they finally brought me in there, every hallway, one side of the hallway or the other, is lined up with gurneys holding homeless and drug addict people that the the – the staff there's like, oh, these are the regulars. <laughs> it, it, so it gave me, this, this is a serious thing in my head. It gave me a whole new understanding of where the tentacles of drug abuse and homelessness st- extend beyond just the person you see, uh, you know, living in a tent down at the overpass. It, the demands that those people have on them for all, because they can't turn away these people. Yeah. They're some of the hardest working. I could not believe they kept their wits about them, that they kept their upbeat, happy personality. So, yeah, that's that's why I was there four hours before I even got. And I imagine anything. you were still losing a little blood at that point. That's, uh, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it just blows my mind. I, yeah. It's hard so to So sorry about that. Yeah, I forgot about oh, that. Because I, I do remember you messaged me something, and I said, no, I'm still waiting. Uh but by then, I, I had got the x-rays, but I hadn't gotcha. had anyone come and look at it or take care of it or anything. That is wild. But yeah. So, sorry about that, guys. I, I didn't no, realize like, I left you hanging. I thought I told on? you that. Uh, you sent us a video with your bloody arm. You're like, this is how you end up in the hospital in Portland. Yeah. I sent you a video? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got the video. Yeah, two in the morning. <laughs> two in the morning, we got a video. We might have to... We'll show it or something. Really? Well, this is not what I expected on a Thursday night in Oregon. I'm in the ER in Vancouver, Washington, with a broken arm and a really deep gash in my arm. And uh, the story about what happened is it's too crazy it's going to make a really good podcast (laughs) you don't Uh, remember it I don't remember oh geez you were sitting in the waiting room your content machine Randy (laughs) and you're like this is going to make one heck of a podcast (laughs) really (laughs) I I think I must have hit my head on the way down <laughs> or something, but I don't remember that part. But oh, geez. No, the they, next they, best thing was when Matthew goes, "Well, he's doing a seminar." <laughs> yeah, no. we got a picture of you giving your seminar. We're like, well, "I guess he's doing all right." Well, I was pretty medicated at that time, so any advice I gave out that seminar, there's a disclaimer attached to that. <laughs> and then Born and Raised had scheduled me for being doing a live podcast with him. Born and Raised Outdoors, yeah. Here. At four o'clock that afternoon. So I walk over there and I'm in this sling and they're like, what happened? I'm like telling them 
showing them these pictures are like, oh, no, you, you don't need to do that. I'm like, well, I'm here. I'm doing this damn podcast if I got to do it by myself. So I did a podcast with them, probably ruined their podcast. Jeez. And I haven't slept this whole time, right? So I, oh. I'm like really running on the fumes. But duty calls. So Saturday I wake up. And everybody now has seen or heard what has happened. Everybody at this show, and they're like, "Oh, you can't do a seminar today." I'm like, "You just watch me." <laughs> so I did my seminar. I think at noon that day, and then the big fundraiser that night. I got to be the MC, and they're like, "No, we'll find another MC." I'm like, "No way! This this is what I came here for, and I want to do it." So me and Bruce Pettit from Louisville did the MC thing that night. Uh, you can't then, be stopped. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what are you going to do, really? I mean, you're going to go lay in your hotel room, and it's still going to throb. You know, yeah. you're still going to take Yeah, but whatever. you can always use some sleep and, you know, a little rest, recovery. Yeah, pizza. Probably. But uh, so anyhow, we raised a bunch of money for Oregon Hunters Association. Uh, and then I did another seminar on Sunday afternoon. Kim drove up to, from Eugene, grabbed me. And we went to, no, Matthew brought me to the airport and where I met Kim. And then we flew home and it was snowing and blowing and cold and had a flat tire on the Honda Pilot. Oh, God. It's oh. like, no, you, you're kidding me. Kim's like, oh, I'll change the tire because I'm, you know, like, yeah, right, sure. It's mid, you know, we got in at midnight. Called AAA. The guy was there in 15 minutes. Wow. All right. That's got to be a record. Good plug for AAA right <laughs> yeah. there. Nice. Yeah. I always, uh, I'm like, Kim, why do we pay for that AAA thing? You never know when you're going to get a flat tire. Never know when you're going to get stranded. Well, I thought, she said, I'll call AAA. She did, and they were there so quick. And the guy's like, well, let me check all your tires. He had them aired up. Oh, it's, That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know who that guy was, but, man, he's Johnny on the spot. Yeah. So, nice. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have surgery uh, on Friday. The the damage, you can see I can't lift these two. Uh, and I can't lift my my wrist. So the tendon, he said, I, I went into the hand surgeon. He was going to do it Monday, two days ago. But when he looked at my chart to see all the blood clots I've had and my liver problem and all the other stuff, he's like, I'm not doing this as outpatient, man. You, you tip over on, man. Uh, we're doing this in the hospital. So it's taken these extra days to clear a spot at the hospital. So he said that uh, he'll go in and he'll find where the three tendons are uh, severed. Uh, this tendon, this tendon, and then one for the wrist, he said. Um, and then this big ball and this knot here, he said, are just where the muscle and tendon, when they get severed, they kind of pull back. Wow, and crazy. he said, I'll get my strength back. When He, he said, uh, you know, I'll try to re... What I, he had a technical term for it. This is an accountant saying he's going to redo those muscles <laughs> that might have got severed. And he said, if I'm a good patient, uh, I should be close to normal in three months of intense physical therapy. So. That's good to hear, yeah. yeah. So they yeah. said that it's very high chance of ever regaining full mobility of mm -hmm. your fingers and yeah, I'm uh, man. I hope so. That uh, that is, you uh, have us worried. You, well, we, you still have us worried. You got to go through the surgery still. Yeah, I'll be fine. I the the lucky part is you know 
the ER doc told me this, every doctor I've talked to, the surgeon, he's like, be thankful it happened on this side of your arm and not this side. Yeah. One, it's where the arterial flow is. So, you know, right. People sometimes fall in glass showers and don't wake up. Uh, but he said, if you would have, you know, driven that through here and cut all these tendons, he said, you'd, it'd be multiple surgeries to Jeez. get everything back together. So, yeah, um, that is, it's, that's scary. I mean, you know, I, at the show, I was hoping that no one really knew I was going to say, yeah, this is still what's left after we fought off that grizzly bear that tried to steal my elk. But uh, at least that would have been a lot better for my street cred than, oh, yeah, I ate some hippie pizza and got, <laughs> you know, you got food poisoning, vomited and passed out and broke out a bunch of glass doors. I mean, that in Portland, Oregon, of all places, I mean, that... It just doesn't sound oh, like I'm. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a reminder that any time, anything, you never know. Yeah, you got yeah. lucky in the scheme of things. Yeah, and then like, I, I'm surprised. I did not know this. For any of you who have low blood pressure, like I do, I mean, for me, if my top number is in the 90s, it's like, boy, I'm having a stressful day. You know, I got to drink some coffee to get up in the 90s, and usually the lower numbers in the high 50s to low 60s but the doctors told me that a lot of people with really low blood pressure vomiting is such a you know if you're really in one of those sessions it is such a strenuous thing that people with low blood pressure can pass out note to self next time i feel like i'm gonna puke i'm gonna be puking from my knees man i'm gonna be holding on to that throne i i ain't standing up next time i gotta puke we're glad you're Doing okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I am too. I'm sorry. I, I thought I sent you guys an explanation of what the hell happened. Matt, Matthew ended up filling us in. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, because he out that afternoon. Yeah. He was without him as a chaperone. I, between no sleep, dehydrated, over medicated, I can't, I, I could have ruined our brand that day. <laughs> I may have. I don't know. <laughs> You know, who knows what I was saying or doing. But I didn't dare eat anything for about another day and a half, though. My stomach was still. Really? Yeah. And they, they took a bunch of blood samples, and they were grilling me real hard about where did you eat, what did you eat, da-da-da. And I suppose they were wanting to make sure if eight people showed up with food poisoning from the same place or the same meal. Right. They'd want to do something about it. But oh. Dang. Well, we're glad you're okay currently. We hope that yeah. the surgery goes well. I will. I, I'm I'm confident. I'm 100% sure. In fact, if Vegas would let me go put money on it, I'd put $10,000 <laughs> on the fact that I am going to miss the trapping. I can't do the trapping. He told me, no, you're not going and doing your trapping in March. Okay, you're, you're not doing that. It looks like it might foul up some of my spring bear hunting. Uh, and Michael and I were supposed to go to Lake Havasu fishing sunfish in April. Mm. He said, no, you aren't going to be running a, a fishing rod. Damn it. <laughs> so I guess I'll just sit around here and act like I know what I'm doing. And, hey, do this, guy. Oh, what are you doing over that? You know. You got one good arm. You can just run the tiller while Michael catches <laughs> all those sunfish. <laughs> there you go. No, I'm not going fishing with somebody if I can't fish. <laughs> <laughs> so, but. Uh, no, I appreciate you guys, and I'm sorry to – and it's just now I find out that <laughs> Matt, 
So you guys were here for like six or seven hours wondering what the hell happened to me. Yeah. But we're glad that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's the more than 20-minute version, I'm sure, Marcus. Oh, no, that's fine. We needed to okay. but let he, people know that you're all right. Here is the real <laughs> important part of all this, and, and I say this seriously, is there are grassroots groups like the Oregon Hunters Association in Washington. They're forming this wildlife council or something. Uh, as these critical things are popping up legislatively or with commissions, you're seeing these small statewide groups put up the best fight possible. And I look at the Oregon Hunters Association and the fight they put up against that crazy gun control legislation that was on their ballot. They, they all, so here's a, an attack that we're seeing or the, the method of attack these groups get come from out of state and they bring huge funding and they say, where's a, where's a place in any of these states that we can make, just wipe them off the map. It's like a blitzkrieg from out of state. And the, the Oregon hunters almost got that defeated, even though they got outspent 20 to one. Oh, wow. Uh, so if I can go help them raise money, they don't have money to pay, you know, for stuff. And so if Leupold says, Hey, we'll get you out here and, you know, let's do this. And they drummed up like, I don't know, between what they donated and the industry partners they leaned on, I bet you there was $30,000 worth of stuff they raffled off that night. And uh, The point of that is, is these groups need your help. Whether you can help by volunteering, whether you can help by writing a check, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, these, these state-centric groups are going to be so critical in preserving this stuff because the new approach is well let's go after this Let, let's bring all this out-of-state expertise you know these groups are really good at media at pr at litigation at fundraising let's go and hammer this issue in colorado this issue in oregon this issue in washington so uh if if you have one of those in your state support it because they're they're doing a lot of good for us, and uh, they're going to be critical to some of these things we have ahead of us. So that's the moral of the story. Yeah. And don't eat pizza. <laughs> don't eat pizza. Well, thanks for that message. Yeah. So I'm, we appreciate you telling the story. Yeah. Hopefully uh, next week, uh, if people see me walking around, it's you know I can give them an update. Yeah, everything went great. I'm sure it will. All right. Well. We forgot to add that it's Paul's last week with us. He's leaving yeah. us. It's uh, a big bummer, dude. I'm, yes. I'm going to miss you You'll guys. You'll be missed. Uh, it's been uh, a really incredible two and a half, almost three years. And yeah, I'm grateful for everything. And I'll still be in town, though. So wow. we'll do some bear hunting and fishing. And Thanks for being here. Thanks yeah. for all your help. And Thank you for having me. Being a great guy. I appreciate it. Putting up with us. <laughs> you guys put up with me. <laughs> I, I appreciate it more than you guys can know. Really, it's been awesome. Well, the other part is you're having a baby. Your wife, Jordan's having a baby pretty soon. So, Yep. It's coming down the pipe. She was at the doctor, and I said, well, we'll see you in six or seven weeks. She's like, holy crap. Yeah. Six weeks. That's <laughs> right now, <laughs> basically. Yeah, it's coming up. Yeah. We're, uh, I guess, as ready as we'll ever be. We're rooting for you. Thank you. We'll miss you. Yeah, I'll miss you guys too. Yeah. I won't be a stranger. 
Well, no, you won't because we'll be calling. <laughs> hey, Paul, we, we got a question on this. How do we do this? How do we do that? Happy to answer. So. Well, yeah, thanks for all your time here. Yeah, it was, thank you, guys. It was good. And yeah, stay in touch. For sure. I appreciate it. All right. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. Well, thank you. See you.